everybody, welcome to Rachel's Reviews. This is our episode of Obscure Animation for the month of November. And this is the show where each month we try to talk about a f- animated film that we think is underpraised, underseen, uh, underrated, obscure, however you want to define it. We have a lot of fun talking about it. And this month we are talking about the adventures of Mark Twain from 1985. It's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. And I, I am film critic Rachel Wagner and Stanford is here. Hi Rachel. How's it going? (laughs) I'm doing pretty good. I, I had heard of this movie. uh, I don't know, just around. I had never seen it. And I I had no idea though that it was going to be like it actually is. I thought it was just a more traditional, you know, telling of Mark Twain's stories. And the, when it when he's in like space and stuff, I was just, <laughs> what is this movie? I don't. It was so surprising to me. Uh, what about you? Had you ever seen it before? Had you ever heard about well, it before? I had never even, I did, I had no idea it ever even existed until <laughs> you had pitched a, you know, as an obscure animation entry. And you know me, I mean, typically I'm up for stuff, you know, I'll be yeah, like, yeah. you know, for the most part, I, w- I want to watch it. And, and so, yeah, I was all game and it, and uh, same thing, didn't know a thing. I, I had heard of Will Vinton, you know, who's, uh-huh. uh, who the, the claymation guy. My most of my familiarity, frankly, with Will Vinton uh, are his uh, commercials he did for the California Raisins. Do you remember those stop motion uh-huh. animation yeah. commercials with the singing raisins? Um, but I, yeah, I had no idea he had made a feature film like this or anything. So anyway, woo. yeah, I had uh, no idea that uh, this was a science fiction story uh, i i mean i because I, most of the time when we do these obscure animation most of the time i've seen the films they were recommending i guess we didn't with white mare i hadn't seen that yeah that was new to both um, of us wasn't it yeah yeah but this one i just you know, decided to go for it and, and we talked a little bit about will venton i think in the puppet tune yeah uh episode mm-hmm. uh and uh because this is a claymation and uh yeah this is one of his feature films and <laughs> it's really it was really interesting it was really strange this is a very bonkers film yeah but, uh, bonkers when I was, is the word that yeah. comes, i think came to both <laughs> our minds right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when i was talking about it on twitter yesterday it has its it has its fans yeah, oh, I believe it does. It's weird enough that I think you would have a, a bit of a, a cult following, you know, for those who might really enjoy, you know, enjoy it or because mm-hmm. so, it's so out there. And I'm all for a- out there. But the, I mean, this was almost to the point of I just I, I couldn't even believe the direction that he took the he took this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it It felt very random to me, uh, like they just had a whole bunch of ideas. And they just kind of mashed them together. Yeah. Uh, and then stuck Mark Twain on it. <laughs> it was so- I wonder, I really, you know, I'd love to know more about the, you know, the genesis of the idea. You know, I was uh-huh. an English major in college and I had a Mark Twain course and, and, 
and we read some of the things that that were being depicted you know, in this in this mm-hmm. story, which I know, which I know we'll get to. And I, I was just trying to think, what would my, what would my English professor have to say about this movie? <laughs> I'm not sure she'd like. It. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess the there wasn't a ton of information about this movie. Uh, uh, as far as production goes, uh, that I could find online. No, I can likewise, and same. You know, and I got the DVD, uh-huh. uh huh, which I had ordered. I believe I found it on Amazon. And same thing. The extra features were not. There's a director's commentary which I didn't listen to. I, I saw that I wanted to watch the movie. You know, before I I do that, I'm not. And so there's. I know there's that option uh-huh. that might yeah. possibly for a future viewing. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the main thing that I could find was that I guess the big inspiration was a quote by Mark Twain, where he says, I came in with Haley's Comet in 1835, which is when he was born in 1835. It is coming again next year, 1910, and I expect to go out with it, which is when he died in 1910. Yeah. Uh, it will be the greatest disappointment appointment of my life if i don't go out with haley's comment the the almighty has said no doubt how now here are these two unaccountable freaks they came in together they must go out together so this was the kind of catalyst for the idea story yeah yeah, to focus it and when they mean haley's comment they mean like let's go to outer space (laughs) yeah <laughs> yeah, and there is something kind of I immediately thought of like something kind of steampunky about it. Yeah, you know that that when you first see that that shot of the of the ship, which turns out to be like a hot air balloon dirigible, you know, uh, steampunk warship kind of all blended into one. Uh, that's probably the thing I liked most about the movie. Frankly, was that ship design. But uh, it, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely a steampunk kind of look which i guess would make sense for the era too because it's set in you know near the the early 1900s at the end of of his life right at the end of mark twain's life Uh uh-huh yeah Yeah. uh it there's it definitely was trying to kind of say something about life and god and and the the sort of fate the meaning well, of things. Yeah. And, you know, and that's what was so reminiscent to me of my college course on, oh, on yeah. Twain because, you know, the, near the end of his life, some of the stuff he wrote uh, was really in a way kind of dark. You know, he was, he was, uh, I think, you know, kind of sad, lonely and, and, uh, and, and, and bitter. I think about some, some, some life events. Mm-hmm. If I, if I remember, you know, if I'm remembering correctly, and I think, I think, you know, either his wife had passed away or a child had passed away or both or something, you know I mean? It was just some, tr- some real tragedy. And I'm um, sorry, I'm a little murky on the details. Uh-huh. Say it's been a while since I was in that class. <laughs> but, uh, but um, still though, I just remember because, you know, I was just so used to the stuff that I grew up with in school, which, you know, Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn, which, uh-huh. which particularly Huck Finn, I think is such a mature piece of, uh, of of work yet still quite uh delightful you know mm-hmm. and, and entertaining mm-hmm. in its own in its own way but still i think very meaningful very poignant uh 
but but yeah, so I thought this was a really interesting way to to bring up some of the darker stuff of Twain's writings in this really you know yeah crazy way. Yeah, and he says in this movie that that uh, my books are are water. Those of great geniuses are wine. Everyone drinks water. So he didn't see himself as a particularly deep person, but I mean, clearly uh, there are, there are deep themes in this. We're going to talk about it. Themes in this, in this film from his story. So, uh, so I don't know. That's an interesting dichotomy going on. And uh, I, I think that this movie is, a interesting experiment. Uh, and I can, I can see why it has its fans because it is very different. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know. It was very strange for me and it was just so different than what I was expecting. And so I think that kind of uh, threw me off. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. I, I was so, so surprised by it because I mean, given the title, the adventures of Mark Twain, I was thinking, well, okay, is this mean this going to be about his life or is it uh-huh. a depiction of some of his stories? And it's kind of this strange hybrid of both upset and this floating thing going to outer space. <laughs> yeah, and his short stories, Mixed yeah. In and Adam and Eve. And, and it kind of reminded me a lot, actually, of uh, like if you were to do claymation episodes of Doctor Who. This it felt like three or four episodes of Doctor Who. Uh, it might as well have been the TARDIS. <laughs> they, yeah. They were on, oh yeah. Not on uh, the ship. <laughs> because, I know, right? I don't know, especially the whole, everything with the uh, the mysterious uh, creature. That is very Doctor Who. That's the kind of vi- kind of villain you would see. Uh, the kind of sort of quasi-philosophical sci-fi kind of thing that you'd see on Doctor Who. Yeah. And so, I don't know, this maybe made me think of, made me think of that uh, a lot. Oh, yeah. That's really, yeah, really good point. It's a really good comparison, too. Uh Yeah. So, if the the Who fans, Doctor Who fans, I think will enjoy this. (laughs) We're gonna, we'll enjoy this film. Um, yeah, overall, would you say that you overall enjoyed it, or overall it was too strange for you? Um, I didn't really care for it. I think yeah. I think part of it it was uh, it was probably too strange, and I, and maybe if I had done a little homework, uh-huh. I might have liked it. But although I got to tell you, it, it was maybe maybe less. I mean, because I don't necessarily. A lot of times I like strange. <laughs> you know, what I mean, as far as because I think it, it it's it can be thought provoking, very interesting. To me, I found this just to be such so out there. I never really quite grasped the the vision, and and honestly, I think part of it, Rachel, could have just been my my previous experience with with a lot of these works that they were which they were talking about, which was in my college course, and yeah. and uh, you know, not wanting just to cl- close my mind off, but I just I thought that was it. It was it was. Ultimately, to me, I thought it was an an ineffective or an ineffective way, excuse me, a way of telling these telling these Twain stories. Yeah, yeah. The it starts out the first 
the the first story that we get is the celebrated jumping frog of Calvers County. Yeah. And this basically is a story of a man who loves to bet and he bets that a frog can jump, but it turns out the frog is full of lead. And uh the this was probably the best, I think, of any of the stories. It worked the best, I thought, in the in the medium, uh-huh. you know, in the claymation medium, and also, yeah, I agree with you as far as 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 how they chose to tell tell the story. I thought I thought that actually it was really fun, and and was I thought representative of uh, you know uh, 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 of the story. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I I love the animation in this. First of all, we haven't I haven't really said that as much, but the way that the animation flowed and moved was really beautiful. Uh, the way that the wrinkles on their faces would, you get the really, you know, so, sort of subtle movement that, uh, that you, you don't always get with these kinds of uh, stop motion animation. I don't know. I thought it was really beautiful. You know, I would agree. The, uh, I, I was so I mean, it's really it was an ambitious film in that mm-hmm. there was yeah. a lot of different uh, scenes and set, you know, and as well as just the the emotion that they were pulling out of of the claymation characters, I thought was actually pretty good, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, and evidently, it was made by a seventeen person crew. They said, Will Benton said, uh, it's. It's all true, though that's probably exaggerating a bit. 17 or so represents the full-time staff, and then freelance people came and went. Plus, you have musical talent and writing talent and things that go beyond that number. We shot the film in a converted house that had a barbershop in front of it, so we called it Barbershop Studio. And this is the bedrooms and things were editing rooms, and and offices. The high ceiling basement was conveniently connected to a 4,000 square foot studio that we built in the back. And that basement was where the animators sculptors worked on the project uh, on the characters. So yes, we spent a lot of time in the basement. (laughs) (laughs) And I was wishing to, you know, I know I've seen pictures and I've seen some other stuff like with the way Ardman does it. And, and and whatnot, but but uh, I wanted to get more of a sense of this kind of the scope of of uh, of of these sets and how they you know how they laid it out. But I really uh, I haven't really found much on that, and I guess no. I keep keep uh, trying. Well, and maybe something's out there. One of the things that I was frustrated by is that I didn't really feel like I got to spend all that much time with Mark Twain. Well, yeah. Because they, oh, they had no, they had this uh, this really interesting vocal performance by James Whitmore, and they had this great character design that obviously they worked so hard yeah, on. I loved the character design of Mark Twain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but really, we don't get to spend that much time with him. It's either with the kids or with telling these stories. Yeah. And we need to talk about these kids, Rachel, because <laughs> 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 they're not only just kids. It's Speaking of, it's Huck Finn, Tom Sawyer, and Becky Thatcher, mm-hmm. and the Frog. 
yeah. <laughs> are the fucking the three you know the three the three kids and the frog characters, which seemed to take up for me they, they took up way too much screen time. I thought that they were very they uh-huh. were all very uninteresting. <laughs> well, it was weird too because uh, there there's the whole plot that comes up later about uh, the, he's that he's going to give the ship to them. Yeah, uh, and because he's going to die on the comet, but then they talk about them going back home. So are they going to be on the ship? Or are they not going to be on the ship? Or what's happening? Do like their parent? I know I'm overthinking this, but it's like, do their parents know that they're gone? the same thing? It's like, what is happening? Yeah. Like, what's happening? Or is this a Wizard of Oz thing? You know, <laughs> I mean, what what's happening here? That's why I thought of the TARDIS because yeah. And that that's the only way you could kind of connect to it because if you're on the TARDIS, the time doesn't it works differently. Yeah. So maybe that's what it was, but I was just kind of like, what are they going to be all by themselves? I I tell you another movie this this reminded me of, which I, I think the uh, is a better movie is is Time Bandits. Yeah, Terry I, I Gilliam. Totally, totally agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Time Bandits works. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 kind of bonkers too. It is bonkers, but, but for some reason it just <laughs> it came together. It comes together, I think. Yeah, in a more just in a way that doesn't just like this didn't necessarily fry my brain. It just never, I just never connected with it. Yeah, it's too random. Whereas mm-hmm. Time Bandits is quite random in things because they're going to all these different periods of time and telling yes. all these different stories. Yes. But at least there's sort of that through line where this, like there's hardly any through line between, uh, between the Adam and Eve stuff and the celebrated frog stuff and the, I don't know. It just, it's very, very random. Yeah. So I think that's, that's the problem. Uh, yeah. But uh, one other thing I thought was really strange is, and I don't know if all versions have it, but the version I saw, I watched it on Blu-ray uh, like you did. And there were like definite defined ad breaks in Yeah. Wasn't that interesting? <laughs> I thought that was really interesting too. It was like, hmm, did this ever play on TV? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Like, I, I would have think, cause you know, I watch all these TV movies. And so yeah. I'm used to, the the clear break, the ad break, uh, yeah, the ad break where it goes to black and it stops, and then the movie comes back, yeah. And there was that several times in, throughout this movie, and I was just like, "What? This is a feature film. This is not a television film." Yeah, I was confused by that. That was so weird to me. Um, so I, I thought that was strange. I mean, evidently from what I read. They made the shorts so that they could be then standalone. Uh, so if the funding didn't come through on the entire feature film, they could, I guess, market the the shorts as standalone. But the problem with that is that it just doesn't feel like we said a, as a cohesive feature film. Uh, it feels like a package film, but I don't know the the successful package films to me have more more of a common thread even something like fantasia even though each of the fantasia shorts are so different i don't know they're still enough it's like with fantasia they're not even trying to have a overall plot 
Right. It's just the shorts. So right. it's different. Whereas this, the, yeah, there's, it's like these stories are, are, are part of the plot, but in such a, in such a weird way, uh, you know, the, the whole segment, which is super long, I thought the diaries of Adam and Eve yeah. uh, segment, uh, again, I remember reading some of those in, in the college course I took in it. I thought they, 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 that I thought they were doing a pretty decent, at least representation of those because you just, I mean, you got really got the idea that each of them were keeping a diary uh-huh. and then, you know, and you get these different perspectives uh, on the experience. But I just, I just really found it uh, uninteresting. Yeah, I had no what idea. What did you I think? I had no it? idea that that was a thing that Mark Twain wrote. I that was completely new to me, and uh, you know it was interesting because uh, you know our faith we have a kind of a unique take on Adam and Eve uh, compared to traditional Christianity. So it's always interesting for me to see uh, other people's takes. But you're yeah. right; it was it was very long, and. I didn't quite see what they were trying to say with either. the story of Adam and Eve. I, it was kind of like you settle for what you get and you make the best of it. was, I guess, the message. Yeah, I guess. I think. <laughs> I guess. Uh, that, uh, but I did think it was funny when Mark Twain says, uh, that classics, they're books everyone wants to have read, but nobody wants to read. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, yeah. that was a good line. Classic Mark Twain. Yeah. And I think maybe this movie would be kind of like if in Fantasia they had the package shorts, but at the same time, they also had an adventure in space mashed together. <laughs> and yeah. you would just be like, what? How am I supposed to do what? <laughs> I don't know. I think that was... That that's kind of true. Uh, what did you think of the voice of God with Adam and Eve? Oh, um, <laughs> interesting. What was, what was your yeah, take it on was it? It was bizarre. I was just like, "What? Yeah, How is he like a discotheque?" <laughs> yeah, it's like, what's this? Yeah. yeah, it was so strange. And there's a whole segment at the beginning where Eve is trying to figure out what kind of reptile Adam is. And that was strange. Yeah. <laughs> and because, uh, I mean, according to the Bible, Adam is created first. I mean, and I guess he was here, too. But uh, but he's created creates Eve out of Adam's rib. And. Uh, and so you think that she would know who he is uh, or that they would be created together or there wouldn't be this weird, what kind of reptile are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Strange. I can remember if that was, I would, I would assume that that was part of the, the text, but I just felt like they, uh, you know, like with the, with the whole frog story, I thought that that, that was just paced so perfectly Mm-hmm. And and then clearly this this Adam and Eve stuff I think is it's a longer, there's you know more words. Yeah. But it it just it just went on and <laughs> on and on and to, to really to kind of like what was the well yeah overall what was the point? 
Yeah. Because Adam is really annoyed with Eve. Yeah. And uh, so he builds a house uh, in Eden to make her go away. (laughs) And uh, she decides that she's going to eat the forbidden fruit so that she can become friends with Adam. And... Uh, and then they get in this war of they're going to start naming things. And there's sort of this comp- competition of who can name the most things. And they're all putting up all these signs over everything. And and that was really strange. And uh, they, they don't like each other. Yeah. And uh, Eve is kind of, she becomes educated. She's figuring out math and science. She figures out gravity at one point. And this is when she ends up getting tempted by the snake. And the snake tells her that it is best to prove things by actual experiment or you'll never experience things. Which is pretty close to how our faith looks at Eve's decision Mm -hmm. that we look at her as actually being kind of brave and saying that uh that uh it is better for man to go through struggles and trials than to live in this sort of etern- eternal kind of perfectness perfectness that, but where there's no progression and no right yeah no challenges no progression mm-hmm. yeah yeah so you'll you'll never experience things is what is told. And so uh she goes and they she even says that it's it's the partaking of the tree is like an adult education course. <laughs> yeah. But it's like okay, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> um so she eats of the tree and everything falls apart, everything goes nuts, and and then we we get a break from the Adam and Eve story, which was weird. Random. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was so strange. (laughs) It was really strange. (laughs) Yeah. And you just did not get the feeling at all that, that Adam liked Eve at all. And all of a sudden we're, we're, we've stopped with the story uh, with their story. And now we are in space and the kids and Mark Twain meet a mysterious figure with a mask. And this is very, this was very Dr. Who ish to me. Uh, and uh, I thought it was very strange. It also kind of reminded me a little bit of the fifth Star Trek movie. Have you ever seen that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know? and yes. <laughs> it's not a good movie, but when they come to meet God, in the fifth Star Trek movie and uh, <laughs> they, the, the and God rejects, rejects all of their, uh, their offerings, I guess you might say. Yeah. Uh, that kind of reminded me of that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> very strange. Um, and uh, the, the mask, the masked man doesn't value people. Uh, and he basically is like, we can make more people. There's no need for, for these people. Cause we can just make more of them. It's kind of a, a slightly sort of Thanos approach to, <laughs> to humanity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. 
And then there's a there's a long sort of action sequence where the kids are being chased. Oh my gosh! I know, right? <laughs> like, what is happening? Yeah, and Injun Joe tries to kill them. That like is really. Um, I mean, it was. I guess kind of interesting because something was happening, but it was super dark. You know, and again, yeah. it felt really out of place to me. Yeah, it was really it was really bizarre because it was really dark, but then also it was like trying to be super like fun adventure. Yeah, and, yeah, <laughs> like, good point. Uh, and then it stops again, and we get to hear, I guess, the Captain Stormfield's visit to heaven, which is a Mark Twain story. Another, yeah, another short story. Yeah, so yeah. Captain Stormfield uh, is a man of faith. And uh, he's aiming to believe what he knows ain't so. Uh, that's Mark Twain's evidently his definition of faith. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which is not really how I see faith. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's not that you know ain't so. It's believing in, in what you... It's believing something is so, even if you don't have the proof. That's faith. Yeah. But he's at the gates of heaven, and there is a three-headed creature there uh, to let him in. And uh, and the he ends up getting in. Uh, the three-headed alien lets him in, and it's the heaven is three a three-headed uh, all these three-headed creatures dancing. And I was just, I don't get it. I don't I don't understand what that's trying to say about heaven or spirituality or life yeah. or what, what does that mean? I, I, you know, like I felt the same way. And, and I also just felt at a disadvantage too, because I, I've never read that piece. You know, that was that that was not in the, in the, in the, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. in my core Mark Twain course. And, yeah. and I haven't read it since, you know? So I, I wondered, I just wondered to myself, I wonder if I read this, if this would make any more sense to me, why, why this is, you know, being represented mm-hmm. in this way. I, I don't know. Yeah. I would wonder too. Uh, Cause then there's another gate of heaven and that's more traditional. Yeah. What, we, what we've shown. And then he's let in and that's kind of the end of that story. I don't know. I just didn't get it. I don't understand what the three headed alien is supposed to teach us or, yeah. What that's I saying about I heaven. I didn't get it either. And again, just thought maybe, maybe if I read the source material, this would maybe. be, this would, it, it, it could help. But again, who knows? And maybe it was just a very random interpretation of it as well. Yeah. And so then we go back to Adam and Eve, which was jarring. It, it really? Yeah. That's what I thought. Like, because. <laughs> I mean, it didn't end necessarily the way that I remember it. You know, the, I mean, when it ended the first time, and then they came back to it. I just thought, what? Yeah, they come <laughs> back to it. Here? And this was so bizarre. Adam and Eve, they have a child. They have many children, but they particularly, it starts out with this baby. And Adam doesn't understand what the baby is. Oh, the baby's a fish or something. He or... thinks that the baby is a fish. Yeah. What? Like <laughs> so bizarre. Yeah. There's literally all the time he's holding the fish and then the baby and then the fish. And yeah. he's like, what? Yeah. Was I like... was, it was so strange. And, uh, and 
Eve says, the, the Adam asks, why, why do you love the baby? And Eve says, I love them because he is a man. Oh, no, he says, uh, no, they say, why do you love Adam? And she says, I love him because he is a man and he is mine. And then Adam gives her a Valentine. And the whole attitude of Eve the entire time is very, well, he's there. I guess I have to love him. I have to be with him. It's just so strange. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm still very confused about what we're supposed to be taking from this. I'm confused about the gates of heaven, what we're supposed to be taking from that. And I'm confused about what we're supposed to be taking from Adam and Eve's story. Yeah, and I don't wish to beat a dead horse, you know. And hope, hope, uh, hope you all listeners will forgive me that I just keep talking about it. But I do remember in my course my college course, the, the professor was talking about Mark Twain really had some, some, I guess, some jaded views about religion, uh-huh. particularly, you know, later in, you know, as his life went on. Uh, and I think some of this is reflected in, in, in you know, in how, what they chose to portray in the film. But, Again, it it seems it's just also jarring and almost out of I mean not necessarily out of context because they're telling these stories, but there's really no context because we don't know what yeah. in the world is going on. <laughs> it know? does. It just feels so random. Yeah, it's and also then, random. And I I just don't understand what they were trying to again what they're trying to teach us because so Adam and Eve they end up in, in a like dinner with all of their children and they mentioned Cain and Abel there. And <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I guess you make the best of the situations in your life, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it, you love the people that are in your life and you kind of settle like I don't know, it's just not very. It's pretty cynical. Yeah, it's really it's it's really cynical. And again, you know, it's this piece to a bit of a kind of a battle of the sexes in a way. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And 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 uh, but wow, I just have no idea what it's doing in this in this yeah movie. Because then it comes back to Mark Twain, and he's like, "Oh, I love my Lily." so much and i want to meet the comet so i can be with her again yeah but i don't understand what that has to do with the adam and eve because they didn't like each other at all yeah uh it almost was like i just you know not that they'd it would have to be so simplistic but as a viewer it just would have almost been so helpful to know that this was a this was going to be you know, a, a claymation representation of some of these short stories of Mark Twain. You know, and of course, wrapped in this other thing, but they they make it so jarring and so unclear about it. And then again, the points have really nothing to do. It doesn't seem like there's any kind of overriding or overarching theme. You, yeah, you know yeah. that that we're supposed to get out of it and, and, and maybe we're not but uh-huh. that shirt i thought took away from the viewing pleasure 
uh, yeah. you know, of the experience. Yeah, I think so. I mean, because even something like Make My Music, which we just talked about for yeah. uh, for Talking Disney, that that movie is they're quite diverse shorts, but uh, there's enough of a there, there's not they're not trying to kind of weave them together right along with another narrative it's just exactly it's just, here's a bunch of fun shorts enjoy yeah it's and, like a bunch of music videos you know from back in the day yeah, yeah. <laughs> animated music uh, videos so have fun that that's kind of what they're saying here it's just like so random and yet it's still trying to be a you know feature film uh, I mean, it's kind of like that when we talked about the Daydreamer movie, but I'd yeah. say that even had more of a kind of through line because at least they were all sort of fairy tales. Oh, yeah. It, it definitely yeah. Has, yeah. You know, well, and then to add weirdness, more, even more weirdness, there's, you know, there's this dark figure on, on the, you know, on the ship or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That gets to, that we get revealed. Should we, can I, can I reveal it? I don't want to yeah. spoiler. Okay. Alert. <laughs> it's, it's the dark side of Mark Twain. Yeah. So he tells us that everyone is a moon and has a dark side that they never show to anyone if they can help it. And uh, yeah. And so this is his dark side. And I was just kind of like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. make any sense. It's if that make- was his dark side, why was it out in space? <laughs> what? Yeah, it, it, it did not make any sense to me either. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it reminded me a little bit of uh, Mr. It in A Wrinkle in Time. Uh-huh. Just a little bit. But uh, it was just, again, so random that it, <laughs> I don't know, it didn't really make sense to me. And I and I don't understand what we're supposed to learn from it. Yeah. Uh, that. And again, I can remember if this was, if this was necessarily a literary theme that Twain was exploring, you know, kind of like the light and the dark of, of, of a, of a human. And uh-huh. that could be possibly could have but again i just thought this was the most random way of, of exploring of exploring that concept it was like because i kept wondering it's like well it sure looks like it's mark twain you know yeah. it's like another iteration of him and and it's yeah it's his quote-unquote dark side because there, none of the other stories really talk about that i mean no. adam and eve uh they're both adam is kind of lazy um and and stupid and eve is as smart and uh trying to be a good mother but there's really not like a dark and a light side to yeah. either of their stories yeah and the frog certainly didn't have anything <laughs> and then the whole mr stormfield in heaven he basically is just kind of let in. There's not yeah. like a battle of are you worthy or are you not? It's just kind of like a discotheque. And then I, not exactly. And then not to mention, you know, Huck, Tom and Becky, they're all, I think very one dimensional, you know, as far right, as, yeah. just as far as uh, any kind of 
character development or, or really, I mean, maybe I'm being too critical, but I sure didn't, didn't really see, see much of that in them. Uh, and so then we, we find from Mark Twain, he says that I've never seen an ounce of truth that there's an afterlife. I hope there is, I believe there is one. And he also says that against the assault of laughter, nothing can stand. Yeah. Which again has not been a theme of the movie at no. all. There's been nothing funny. It's, no, at it's, all. it's a great. It's such a great quote, and it's too bad that it wasn't like lead. You know, there was that that didn't ring true. You know, just because like well, none of this was really illustrative of, of this yeah. Story. <laughs> I well, don't know. Can we talk about this comet pursuit, Rachel? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm just like, what is happening? I know. <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh, my stars. Yeah, it was so strange. And I, again, I can handle strange, but I just felt like they didn't do a very good job of making it all make sense and making it all matter. It was just randomness. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I liked, I liked the look of it. In fact, I was wondering Uh how they did some of those effects because I thought they looked pretty cool. Oh yeah. Merging, merging that claymation ship and the characters into some other kind of animation you know uh, truly of Haley's comet you know it's an an animated version of Haley's comet yeah i mean i it just blew my mind watching this that 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 this was released in theaters this just seems like something that you know you might see on cartoon network maybe yeah yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, the, you could also kind of maybe relate it a little bit to something like Rick and Morty. Yes. But Rick and Morty obviously is more, even more cynical yeah, and, and more, more edgy. Yeah, and, more edgy. But it could, that's the thing. This, this could kind of fly. I wonder if it, how, if it would play on Adult Swim, you know, yes. or something, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I could totally see that. Not so much for thematically. Because it's not thematically that edgy; it's just just so random, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. the two words that keep coming to mind are bonkers and random. That's what yeah. it is. <laughs> well, and that's what I texted you. I was yeah. like, uh, "Yeah, <laughs> you believe this?" <laughs> so they finally get inside the comet, and you know, I thought that was again kind of cool because it's just like this yellow i mean it's like yellow clay is what it looked like you know just kind of these just these waves of clay that they they designed and mark twain merges with his dark self and vaporizes i mean kind of twinkles off you know uh and then and then he becomes like i mean it's almost like it's a yellow cloud does that make i mean is that a good way to describe that that scene and then mm-hmm. it, it the interior turns into a giant face of mark twain talking to the kids uh-huh. like what in the world yeah <laughs> and so what's gonna happen to the kids i was just like are they on this ship are, forever i know it's like how are they gonna get home what? 
How are they You know, breathing? another movie this <laughs> reminded me a little bit of is Howl's Moving Castle. And, and, yeah. and that, I mean, that's a much better film, but just in the way that it kind of feels there's a randomness about it in, in that movie as well. And sort of the rules don't really make sense. I mean, it was kind of like if they took Howl's Moving Castles, but then added um, a bunch of shorts in the middle. Yeah, all these shorts in the middle and moved to the outer <laughs> yeah. face. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, uh, but it certainly aesthetically also reminded me a little bit of it. Uh, yeah, yeah and, sure. But obviously this is before that, but, uh, but yeah, I do love, I love the animation. I love yeah, when you get to see. It's really cool. Yeah. And when you can see almost like little th- parts of the thumbprints. Yeah. I actually like that. I That's one of my favorite things in in Ardman when you can see yeah. the the artists. If you if you look close, you can see the thumbprints. And yeah. I love that. But you know, there's no question that this this film has a lot of, of craftsmanship and a lot of really interesting filmmaking uh, techniques. That's why I was wishing yeah. I could see more. You know about how they how they made it. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, it's just the, the script wasn't quite script, there. It really was. Yeah. didn't work. Didn't work at all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, on the, on the Twitter, uh, Whitney Seibold, who's a film critic, he says is one of my favorites as a kid. And then Jules folk, she says, it scared me as a kid. Claymation is not for me. And it is pretty claymation does tend to be a little bit, little bit scary He's scary yeah. even even wallace and gromit uh can have its scary moments oh yeah for it's sure. fun uh, and but then my friend oscar staten says uh that he recently saw it he said a unique poignant and visually engaging piece that lingered with me for a while after watching it so i i really the once i read that i was like oh i wish i had time to to have Oscar on the show because I, I would love to talk to, 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 really talk to Oscar like, about it. So uh, please put in the comment section. I'd love to hear what it was because I just didn't see that overarching message to me. It was randomness. And so I'd really like to hear what it was that you overall took from it. And uh, so he says it's overall overlooked and obscure. So perfect one for us to pick perfect. for this show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, those are great, great comments from your great followers. You know, the, uh, uh, and I think for me, Rachel, uh, I, I really admired so much of the artistry of it, but I still, I, I, I just couldn't wrap my brain around the weird packaging of these, of these Mark Twain, you know stories it just it yeah, that it was, never that 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 never clicked for me mm-hmm. yeah me too i must admit uh but it was an interesting experiment to watch happy and, to watch something new yeah and i'd heard about it for years and so it was finally one to check off my bucket list absolutely so. Uh, from the 80s and the 80s was such a weird time for animation yeah yeah definitely that... <laughs> um, yeah so... you think of what was being made at the same time you know in, in their uh-huh. 80s and 85 and yeah not much yeah there wasn't much being made yeah. the black cauldron right yeah <laughs> at disney 
So there we go. That's our thoughts on The Adventures of Mark Twain. If you've seen it, let us know what you think, uh, what you think of the different segments. You maybe have seen them released in other forms because I think they have been. So if you've, if you've seen them, let us know your thoughts. And uh, so uh, that would be great. And uh, yeah, let us know if you have any suggestions for obscure animation for the future. Uh, we really appreciate it. And Stanford, where can people find you? I am on Twitter at Stanford Clark, and I have a movie podcast and blog at moviespastandpresent.com. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please check all of that out. And make sure you're following the Hallmarkies podcast. We have a lot of great stuff we're doing over there. And uh, thanks again. It's a lot of fun to talk about. And, uh, and consider becoming a patron. We really appreciate all of our patrons. It helps us so much. And then we also have our merch store, which has hashtag animation junkie shirts. And so take a look at that. And thanks again, everybody. And we'll talk to you all next month. Thanks, bye, everyone. Bye.